Hello, hello, hello. You tuned into the Grandson of a Pastor podcast with your host, Yurik. And yes, I am truly a grandson of a pastor. Again, I'd like to thank all of my listeners for downloading the Grandson of a Pastor podcast. Again, I'd like for you to all uh, like, share, and share us all on your social media platforms. Again, we are streaming on all your social media platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, bullhorn and all your social media platforms again i'd like to thank all of my listeners for downloading the episode and continue to support us uh via uh social media uh, if you got any suggestions for the grandson of a pastor podcast you got any feedback uh please do so at my email at edware2020 at gmail.com once again that is edware2020 at gmail.com uh without further ado uh Again, our foundation of the podcast, we are imperfect souls on an imperfect walk, influenced by none other than our parents, grandparents, politics, politicians, and most importantly, our religious beliefs. As I have told you all, I, had a, I have a star-studded lineup coming up uh, in the next couple of episodes. Uh, without uh, stealing any of her thunder, uh, I have Miss uh, Melissa Moorhead Moore, who's going to join uh, the grandson of a pastor podcast. Uh, she is a life coach, a author, and she got a many, a lot of other talents uh, that she would share on the podcast. But again, I have Miss uh, Melissa, uh, my sister, Melissa Moorhead Moore, who's going to join the grandson of a pastor podcast. Uh, so without further ado, I would like for Miss Moore, uh, Moorhead uh, to uh, introduce herself. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Rico. Thank you. I am so thrilled to join you today. As he stated, my name is Melissa Moorhead. I am a fear fighter life coach. I am a minister. I am a public servant. I am a mentor. I am a radio host. But most importantly, I love saying that I just love helping others. Yes. All right. So, Again, uh, on this episode of the Grandson of a Pastor podcast, uh, she's very passionate uh, about a, a subject that a subject matter that uh, a lot of young ladies are and women in general are facing uh, in today's society, and that and that comes uh, in the form of domestic violence. So uh, I'm just going to just let the table be hers. I'm going to let her because because she uh, has all the experience, has all the the tools that women need as well as men need to hear about uh this pandemic of domestic violence so uh miss moore you can take it away absolutely um i will tell you the one thing i always tell people i will never ever in my life ever again rico state what i will never do um my domestic violence journey started years ago but i do remember and i'm dating myself i remember watching an episode of ricky lake she had it was a talk show for the ones that do not know uh, yes. but she had a couple of ladies on there that were survivors of domestic violence and how they were afraid to leave they would leave come back leave and come back leave and come back and i can clearly recall sitting on the couch i can tell you what i had on and i said oh i would never be caught in that situation yes. and a yes. year later i was in that same situation right in. um fighting 
fighting for my life, fighting for survival for my children. Um, unfortunately, I didn't leave right then and there because I equated that. Not only did I equate it with love, but I equated it with the fact because God rest his soul, he's no longer living, but he was manipulating me with it. Um, if you take the kids, I won't help. If you leave, where are you going to go? You know, who is going to want you um, with three kids and the way you look and, and how you act and what you do and who you are. So it was a lot of mind games and I stayed. And so I always tell people not only did it start verbally, so it went from being verbal abusive, emotional abuse to physical abuse. And that was the last straw was the physical abuse. Uh, so uh, before we got on the podcast, we talked and did a preliminary thing. So talk, tell us about your upbringing, because that's very interesting uh, mm-hmm. that you we was talking about. Uh, you were a testimony uh, at birth. Wow. I tell you what, my mother gave birth to me when she was six months pregnant. I was born in September. I weighed one pound and 14 ounces. The doctors told my mother and father that I was not going to make it. But my grandfather said, my daddy, our Yahweh, our father, our Abba father stated otherwise that yes, she was. And so I am truly a living testimony. I only had to be in the hospital for 30 days. My mother said every time they tried to give me oxygen, she would see my little hands just ball up and I would just start fighting the doctors, fighting the nurses. So they had to end up taping oxygen to my face uh, in order for me just to get the sufficient amount that I needed. And so praise be to God that leaving the hospital weighing one pound and 14 ounces, finally able to get to the weight where I was able to leave. And um, hence now, this is where we're at, you know, 49 and a half years later, I'm still here. And I know that there is a reason why I am here and why he still has me here through all of the hell that I've been through in my life. Okay, I want you to uh, kind of walk us through that hell journey uh, that that you went through, because I I want my listeners uh, to understand and and feel your, 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 your progress in life right now. You know, I like to tell people that my hell was people, places, and things. Okay. Things that um, I filled the void with. And crazy as it sounds, it was not daddy issues because I had a father in the home. And so a lot of times when they hear women, um, especially women of color, talk about what they try to do in order to obtain love, the first thing they ask is, where was your father? Well, my father was very much present in our home. He was very much the provider. He was very much the covering. He was very much the protector, but I thought I was grown. So I left, um, I went to the military directly out of high school. And it was that I can show you better than I can tell you type of deal. Um, yeah. Going from a a big but small city and into this, I call it this pool of just seeing everybody, different walks of life, of course, and with that included the opposite sex. And so, you know, you coming from a life that was sheltered to a life that you had an, an array of any and everything that you wanted and any and everything that you wanted to do. Yes. So that is where my true, true life of hell really began. I became a young mother at 19 years old. Um, by the time I was 23, getting ready to turn 24, I had four children. Um, unfortunately, my child passed away. I have three living children now. And so during that time of all of that, of 
becoming a young mother, still in the military at that time, did not have really any support in the military um, with my children. But thanks be to God, my mother and father actually stepped up to the plate. And I don't, I'm not saying that to be negative, but they were there to support me in the raising of my children. And so my daughter was actually raised by my mother and father. I financially supported her, but I realized that it was more than just the financial support that she needed. She needed her mother there. So after serving the country for nine and a half, almost 10 years, I decided to get out. And so from there was another cycle of what I thought I wanted to do. And so that was looking for love in all the wrong places. And so that stemmed from the mindset of going through that physical abuse, emotional abuse, um, saying that I was never going to amount to anything and no one will ever want you. And so I had that mentality of I can show you better than I can tell you. And so, you know, (laughs) which makes no sense at all. I sit and I think back on some of this stuff, Rico. Yes. Made no sense at all, but it made sense at that time. Yes. And so I could show you better than I can tell you. And I showed you in the physical, but it hurt me in my heart because of what I gave away and I gave away freely. And it's a lot of things that I I do believe that we are so uncomfortable in talking about, especially with women. So as young girls, we find ourselves in situations that unfortunately we can't get out of and then we're stuck because no one is showing us what to do and how to do because everyone is keeping their mouth shut because we don't want anyone to know our business. Um, What happens at home stays in home, you know, but people are dying in the house because we're not talking, we're not asking for help. We're not seeking therapy, um, whether it be from your pastor or whether it be from a licensed mental health counselor or a psychiatrist. I mean, there's nothing wrong with sitting on a couch. I do believe that is the reason why that our people are, and I don't want to be disrespectful when I say this, but could be so far behind is because we don't tap into what has already been there for us. Yes. I totally agree. I totally agree because uh, as, as studies show, uh, we are the last people, as you say, who want to go and sit yeah. on the couch. Hey, that's right. We are the we are the people that yeah. refuse or have that block that we don't absolutely we do it on our own. We can get through it. Uh, and that comes, I believe, uh, from the struggle uh, that we have had in this country. But that mm-hmm. that that fighters mentality that, it, that we can get through anything without seeking help. So uh, I'm glad that you are there uh, for the young ladies. Uh, as, as you said, she was a life coach. Uh, but we also talked about before the, uh, the before the show, uh, you talked about uh, your gentle giant. And yeah. I want you to talk about that. My gentle giant, yes. my son. Um, I have three children, yes. a daughter and two young men. My gentle giant is a six, seven gentle giant protector of me. His life, um, how he became who he is yes. from what happened um, is a product of a rape. Okay. Um, And I will tell you, I look at him every single day and I'm blessed and thankful that I still kept him. Um, It went to the part of where I literally, you know, I found out I was pregnant from the situation that took place. Ended up um, putting up for adoption, wanting to put him up for adoption, went through the whole process, went through everything, went through counseling, went through therapy, found a family for him. 
Um, crazy thing, and I know this was nobody but God, and I shared this with you, that when I found out that I was pregnant, every time I would go to bed, I would have the same dream over and over and over every day, up until the day I had him in January of that year. Um, I went to a funeral and it was of a grown man, an adult. So, but when it was time for me to go view his body, it changed from a grown man to a little baby boy. And he would raise up and grab me and say, mommy, don't give me away. And I would say, I am not your mommy. And my alarm clock would go off. And that I had that dream every single night up until the day I went into labor and gave birth to him on the 26th of January. And I knew it was nobody but God, yes. nobody but God um, that, and he deals with us in different ways, right? Yeah, Some very different ways. And that particular way was in dreams for myself. And when that dream was presented to me every single day, I took heed to what he was saying, but I still was going through the process because I could not do this because of how it happened and what happened and what transpired. I couldn't do it. Yes. I couldn't yes. do it. But 25 years later, oh yes, <laughs> he is here. Yes. And so he truly um, has been a protector for me, not in the sense of, you know, hovering over me and, you know, hey, what was me? Don't touch my mom type of deal. But because of the situation that his life yes. was derived from, and he has been my protector ever since. And I shared that story with him a couple of years ago and was open with him about it. And, um, he looked at me and he said, I never would have known that you would do something like that for me. I said, well, we saved each other. You saved me and I saved you. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's touching. It's touching. And um, I want you to talk about uh, your book because uh, you are a, a, a author. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the book uh, that you wrote. Absolutely. Well, the first book that I wrote, it is an anthology that came out about two years ago, and it's titled If These Walls Could Talk. It is a book that I wrote with 10 other young, amazing African-American women that survived domestic violence. Okay. Well, the visionary behind the book, Miss Victoria Nicole, shout out to my, I call her my mentor. She's younger than me, but she's my baby sis. I call her my mentor. Shout out to her for seeing something in me because it was time. It was time for me to share my story. Um, but it was a book. It was a process, Rico, that we had to take in order for all of us to be healed. Some issues happen early in life and they kept them, you know, tangled up inside in their hearts and realized it was time to release. But yes, so I'm an author of If These Walls Could Talk. And so I share my story about my domestic violence and how I was able to be, be a survivor, survive it, and to come out and to help other women um, that are going through the same situation or that have been going through the same situation that look like me. And also, you talked about a, a, a chapter in the book. Uh, I want you to talk and give that story of that chapter, this, this untitled. Well, untitled. So that one is in my second book that I am in the process of writing. That's okay. That's okay. So I am writing a book with my children. I have been 
through some storms and some journeys with each one of my children. Okay. Um, but I do believe it is for not only their making, but it is for my making as well to let other mothers know, especially mothers of color, because it goes back to that part, Rico, of what happens in the house stays in the house. We don't want people to know our business, right? We let we let people in on some things. We, want, we do not let them in on everything. But again, I'm a firm believer that our mothers are suffering and our children are dying to themselves because of what we are not saying. And I've been through so much with my children. But um, Untitled is the chapter of the book for my son of rape. I could not come up with a title for him because it he meant so much. Everything that he and I have been through has meant so much. Um, he's been through some things just as well as I have been through some things, but I could not put a label on him as to what it means to me. It wasn't a negative way, but it was a positive way just because of every journey that he and I have been through together. And he purposely had to be called Untitled. Yes. Yeah. 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 Again, you are listening to the grandson of a pastor podcast with your host, Yurik. And I do have a special guest uh, giving her life story uh, in a book uh, entitled uh, with, uh, with many other ladies uh, that have the, that have witnessed and been through uh, domestic violence. So, again, I'd like to thank Mrs. Moore uh, for coming on the grandson of a pastor podcast. Uh, what we're going to do, uh, because I feel uh, in my spirit, that uh, we need to do a two-part episode uh, with Miss Moore. So what we're going to do is we're going to cut, cut this one off, uh, episode uh, one uh, with Miss Moore uh, of the Grandson of a Pastor podcast. Again, you can uh, stream us on all your social media platforms at Grandson of a Pastor podcast. Again, we are streaming on all your social media platforms. Uh, you also can support us monetarily uh, easily. Uh, through Cash App at Grandson of a Pastor. Again, if you got any suggestions uh, for the Grandson of a Pastor podcast, you can uh, email me at edware2020 at gmail.com. And I would love to hear any feedback. Uh, I also share any feedback with the guests. Again, these are not my opinions. These are totally testimonies of the guests uh, that is coming on the Grandson of a Pastor podcast. Real stories uh, for real people. Again, the foundation of the podcast, we are imperfect souls on an imperfect wall, influenced by none other than our parents, grandparents, politics, politicians, and most importantly, our religious belief. As we close out part one uh, with more, Ms. Moore, I want her to pray us out of part one. Absolutely. Father God, we come to you, Lord. We thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for just being mighty. We thank you for being awesome. We thank you for being wonderful. We thank you for being our covering and making a way when it seemed like we could not get out. Lord, we thank you for this platform that you have blessed Rico with to be the light, to be the voice for the things that need to be heard for people can be delivered, oh God. So Lord, we ask right now that not only does this podcast, but each and every podcast, the podcasts that are to come and the podcasts that have already been done and played, that it reaches the hearts and the minds and the ears of who needs to listen to it, oh God. So Lord, we love you. We ask that you continue to watch over him and his family and continue to bless them in a mighty way and watch over 
over our listeners, the listeners, Father, and bless them each and every way as well. In Jesus Christ's name, we do pray. Amen. Amen.